amigos, ¿qué tal? Bienvenidos a Pláticas con Cameron. Me llamo Cameron Kelly. Hi, friends. Welcome to Conversations with Cameron. My name is Cameron Kelly, and today I have another special guest, uh, one of the people who helped birth me into this world. And no, he's not, he's not the doctor, um, but he is Melvin Kelly. It's my dad. Welcome aboard, dad. ¿Cómo estás? Hey, bien, bien. Bien, bien, papa? Yeah. Hey, Cam, how are you? Good, Dad. How you doing today? Oh, pretty good. I'm I'm honored to be on here with you. I'm glad you're giving me this opportunity. I'm glad you're able to join me, Dad, because you are a busy man. Could you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I was born and raised in Chicago. I went to high school here, played a little sports down in um, in Chicago at Fall Robeson High School, played also at Mississippi Valley State University with great Jerry Rice played football at. We played for Coach Archie Cooley. I was coached by some of the greatest coaches that ever lived. I was coached by, uh, he's still living, Jimmy Jones, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. I was also coached by Gloucester Richardson. He just recently passed about a year and a half ago. I was coached by Willie Holman, the offensive, defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he passed. He's no longer with us. I got a chance to meet some good people. Got a chance to meet Bob Hayes before he passed away. He was one of the fastest mans alive. He won the, uh, the gold medal in the Olympics, and he also played with the Dallas Cowboys. And let me go back and Gloucester Richardson, the one that just recently passed a year and a half ago. He was a great man. He won a Super Bowl ring for the Dallas Cowboys and also Kansas City Chiefs. And he also had a brother named Willie Richardson that also was a great football player. So I was surrounded around a a lot of great athletes. That was just my, that's, that's, that's just the football part of it. And also, I got a chance to meet Reeve Soares. The reason I got a chance to meet all these guys because Gloucester Richardson, he knew him real good, and he's out of Jackson, Mississippi, and he would bring them to our practice. And I remember talking with uh, Bob, Bob Hayes. And see, I ran the football, but I ran a full, I was a fullback. Bob Hayes was the running back. And I asked him, how do you become a good running back? He said, you have to always keep yourself in shape and keep your legs up under you. So I had some great opportunities with some great people around me. Uh, and that's just the football side of it. Thank you so much, Dad, for telling me some background on your sports. I'm going to ask you more questions about that leading ahead. But it seems like you were very athletic in your day, huh? I think I was pretty, pretty good. At Paul Robeson High School, I scored 26 touchdowns in my senior year. I was in the Chicago Sun-Times every week. We lost the game before Soldiers Field that kind of broke everybody's heart. We lost to Lane Tech. But you have to realize, we only had 26 people on the team. And then uh, we had people like me, um, defensive tackles, uh, sometimes defensive backs. We had to go both ways. So sometimes I didn't leave the field. I played fullback. I ran the ball. I played defensive tackle, kickoff team, punt return team. Uh, so uh, I think we did pretty good with only 26 people. And, when and we you would there, think, you would think I would know these terms by now after you didn't told me many of times. I can't tell you what a fullback or running back. I couldn't tell you any of the backs are there. Yeah. But, well, you, well, on the offensive side, you have like the, uh, the fullback, which is the mo mostly the blocker. But um, I received the ball more times than the tailback. The tailback is the one that runs behind the fullback. And then 
that's just the backs that's on the uh, on the offensive side. And now you go to the defensive side, you got defensive backs, you got cornerbacks. So that's that's just a little name that they they give to the different positions. I know you probably don't understand all of I it. Sure, no, you're right. <laughs> so I, I just I just counted, and then I recently just found out that uh. At, at Coach Glossa Richardson's funeral, I attended about a, a year and a half ago. Uh, my coach that coached me at Robeson, his name is Roy Curry. He's a Hall of Fame of coach, high school coach now. He won so many games. And I just recently found out at the funeral that he threw the ball to Willie Richardson and Gloucester Richardson down at Jackson State. He also, my high school coach, Roy, Roy Curry, was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, we had a long history of, uh, of famous people. Even though we came from a, a, a neighborhood of poverty, we didn't have everything that everybody had. We, we had a, a few amount of helmets. We didn't have certain pads. We used to run off the field when it was time for us to come off and you would have to give somebody else your helmet so they could go out there. Uh, but uh, through all that, we learned the game through those uh, fabulous people I just named. Thank you so much for explaining that to me, Dad. We're going to get started on today's topic. So today's okay. topic today is sports. So you gave me a pretty good background of what it was like coming up and playing football. And uh, you were telling me about some of the specific people that you worked with in your career as a football player. Um, but today's theme is sports, as I said today. But specifically, we're going to really be talking about the NBA, Dad. I remember watching basketball with you when I was a kid. Um, we were basically rivals each year. I was with Golden State. You over there with the Cavs. We were, I was dubbing over there with Golden State. And one year we were kind of on the same, on the same platform. One year we both really liked the Celtics. You know, that one elite team. You know who I'm talking about, Dad. Rondo, who else was in that group? Kevin Garnett. You know, uh -huh. I, I got a chance also. Uh, I live um, uh, in Harvey, Illinois. And uh, Kevin Garnett. Uh, play with a guy that was just, uh, he was going to go right out of high school too. His name was Ronnie Fields. They played out of uh, they high school uh, on the west side of Chicago. Uh, I can't recall the school right now, but one thing I knew, they came out to Harvey. They were going to play uh, for the state title. So they had it in Peoria, Illinois. So I took the bus from Thornton High School to Peoria. You pay a certain amount and you get to ride out there and I actually got a chance to see Kevin Garnett and Ronnie Fields play in high school. So that, that team that you're talking about with Boston, they had Kevin Garnett, they had Paul Pierce, they called him the truth. They had um, Rondo. Uh, Ray, Rondo, Ray Allen, uh, they had Big, Big Baby, Baby. Yeah. They, had, uh, they, had, they had Perkins, uh, uh, Kendrick Perkins, they had a host of guys. So. And then yeah. plus they had they had one of the top coaches coaching them, um, and I don't know why I can't uh, think his of his name. Doc Martin. No, Doc Rivers. Thank you. No. Oh. <laughs> Doc Rivers. He's out of the west side of Chicago, out of high school, out of Chicago. So uh, we had a, we had a lot of talent come through Chicago. Yeah, and I and like we said, like that was a good year for us to talk about the NBA. Um, oh, and yeah. another good year, a good thing now, Dad, is the NBA Finals just finished at the end of October, but we have not yet to talk about sports on this podcast, Dad, and if anyone I would want to talk sports with, it would be you, Dad, because you, you pretty much know what you're talking about. I feel like I'm over here struggling, am I right? 
No, I appreciate you you feeling that way about me. That I know a little bit, a little bit about sports, but you're gonna learn as you you go on as time goes on. You'll learn more and more about sports. And sports is a good avenue to get away from your troubles, to get away from everything, especially uh, baseball. That's why uh, people they 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 try to hold on to to sports even through this pandemic. They they're trying to hold on to something. So if you get a chance to watch a good game or something, that kind of takes your mind away from that for a while. You're right there. It definitely does take your mind off of things as there is a lot happening in the country. And that's a perfect pivot point into the questions I'm gonna ask you today, Dad. So the NBA that we have to say is mainly composed of black athletes. So black athletes dominate the NBA, am I right? That's correct. Now they do. Yes, now they do. So tell me, who are some of your favorite NBA players? You want me to start the, the, today's NBA players, or do you want what, me to go who, back a little bit? Wherever you want to go, Dad. So well, you can tell me well, today's well, or my right. love, my love for, uh, and I never told you this, the Boston Celtics. I didn't just start liking Boston Celtics. I like good athletes. I go back with the Boston Celtics when they had JoJo White, when they had Hondo Havlicek. They had Hondo and they had Havlicek. Uh, they had uh, uh, Bill Russell. They had uh, uh, they had a host of good players in Boston. They they had uh, I'm trying to think of this little guard that they had that was real good, Nate Archibald. I think he was about six foot tall and he was pretty good. And then you know today's some people say that, that you you jump from team to team. Well, my most recently team, like you said, was Cleveland. The Cavaliers and LeBron James. Let me uh, tell Kyrie, you, y'all, he jumps. Kyrie he jumps. And I tell you, they, they were something together. Kyrie and, uh, is good. Yeah, they're good. But then, you know, you have to really look how great LeBron is. The talent that he had on that team, he carried those guys to the finals every year to go to eight straight finals, that's incredible. That's just like my daughter, Raquel. She won four state, four state medals in high school in the band at Marion Catholic High School. Now to, to do something like that, if you can win the state four times as an athlete, oh, that's really talking. So uh, LeBron is, is one of my favorite. Um, Anthony Davis is one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites, but if you're talking about the teams that I favor now, I favor the Lakers now. You know, All right, you guys know why he favors the Lakers because LeBron is over there. Am I right, LeBron, Dan? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> and at 35 years old and still to be able to do what he's doing, you out there running with kids 19, 20, and 22. That's the man. You ask any 30 year old man. Uh, could he be out there all day running with a 20-year-old? He can't do it. But LeBron mm -hmm. has kept himself in good shape. He pays over a million dollars a year uh, for his nutrition, for his diet, for his weight training, just keeps himself uh, ready to play at all times. Well, thank you, Dad, for telling me about some of your favorite NBA players. Another question I have to uh, talk about is representation in the NBA. So as we mentioned before, now most athletes are black that are in the NBA. But how about the owners, Dad? Tell me about the owners. Are there a lot of minority owners that own some of these NBA teams, or are they mostly 
not reflecting how the players look? Well, we we had uh, we have a couple of minority owners, but one of the ones that really come to my mind is Magic Johnson. He owned a percentage of the Lakers at one time. He uh, he sold his portion uh, in order, I believe, he said to buy uh, the baseball team, which is the Dodgers. So Magic, he he owned a, a, a small portion, but it generated a lot of money. So he was able to, to draw that portion of money from there. He was able to sell his um, Starboard coffee shops. He was able to, to sell his theaters. And then he's still involved with the Lakers. He helped bring LeBron James there. So his hand is still tied in there. He may not have any ownership in there, but he's still a part. He's still a Laker. And uh, what's, so wonderful, what's so wonderful about Magic uh, is that he's, he's he was a good owner, good player. Now he owns the Dodgers. He's part owner. I think he's the majority owner with the Dodgers. I'm not, I don't know the percentage, so don't quote me on it. But um, they just won their championship. So Magic gets two rings this year. He gets a ring with the Dodgers, and also he gets a ring with the Lakers. That's really good, Dad. And, like, I, I think it's really cool that he decided to be in both, like, and tried to do a little bit of both. And get the best of both yeah. worlds. But do you think that was a good idea that he sold mo- most of his share with the Lakers to be with the Dodgers? What do you? Well, think he about sold that? all his shares, and I think that was. Oh, yeah, he sold all of it. I think that's that's a that's a good that's real good because, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson played with the Dodgers. Just uh-huh. imagine what Jackie Robinson went through in order to play baseball. He went through a whole mm-hmm. lot, and. Uh, Right. Magic said he was just honored. Uh, and I wonder if Jackie Robinson was living, what would he think? Oh my God, it would be it would be something else. But it's still nice. And, and then you have to you have to learn. In time come, we have we have a black full owner. Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets. He he's the full owner of the Charlotte Hornets. The team is not doing too good, but uh, he's the owner. And and time brings about a change. So. We're getting more owners. We have coaches. We have black coaches. We have general managers, a few general managers. So things, I believe, are changing. And then uh, players are able to make their own decision. That's what, that's what really changed the game. When you can tell somebody that you don't want to play no more there, and the way they have it set up, we can offer you $100 million if you stay. But if you go, the other team can only offer you, I'm just throwing a number out there, 70 million. So you actually giving away $30 million just to get out of there. But a lot of times they have wow, ways to, Dad. a lot of times they have ways of making that money back up. They got a shoe deal where they sign for a hundred million. Said, he's promotions. They, yeah, they got, they got mm-hmm. Pepsi, they got all kind of stuff. So, and I hope I haven't got too far off of uh, basically what you're talking about. So it's, it's been, it's been mm-hmm. good. And uh, you have to commend the NBA. They have really supported the black athletes. Well, they they have uh, really supported the black athletes. Even with being in the bubble, they gave them a platform where they could speak out on certain things and not fear for their contract or their job. They gave them a, a opportunity to represent. They let them put different slogans on the back of their shirts. I mean, it was just uh, fantastic. And I tell you, when I would come in from work and be able to watch an NBA game, even though it wasn't any fans there, they had 
people in the stands, virtual, celebrating and stuff. So I have to give it to the, the commissioner. He he really fixed that up. And now the season is getting ready to roll back around. Yeah, Dad, I was going to ask you about that question, but you answered my question for me um, about Este País, this country, and everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, the NBA teams were able to take the knee. And like you said, they were they had many opportunities to support Black Lives Matter during this time. How does it make you feel that teams are taking the knee in support of Black Lives Matter? Oh, well, it, it, it makes me feel good that, that they're being able to support Black lives. And uh, it never was about the flag. You know, we don't disrespect, they don't disrespect the flag. We love America. I remember, and I was nothing but a kid. I was in high school. And when we would get in the huddle and they would be singing the Star Spangled Banner or the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, I mean, tears would come flowing down me. I was, I was honored to be in this country. You know, uh, we live, we're living better than any other nation. You go to these other places, you will see. You try to get back to the United States as fast as you can. So, yeah, that's true. But it's also, but also people have faced a lot of hate and a lot of bad things in their life in this country as well, as in Black lives not feeling like they matter. People, minorities feeling like they're not included in this country that, that's, because that's true. they come from another country. That, that's true. Mm -hmm. But you feel that way. But if you go to another country, you can see, why do you think they're knocking the doors down? They're coming in over the wall. They're coming under the wall. They're coming in boats. They're coming everywhere because it's to get to the United States. Not saying that everything is fair. Everything is not fair. It's going to take it's going to take a while for people to come around. Hopefully, your children, if you have any children, they won't have to go through what I went through or what you have to go through. Uh, we always looking for a change and a better tomorrow. So, period. All right, Dad. That's right, Dad. We do look for a better future and better outcome of life, even though that there can be many struggles that sometimes nobody else can understand but you at that moment but we always hope for change moving forward and the only thing that can really help change we have to educate educate you have to educate your kids you have to educate yourself try to be the best person that you can when i go to work i ask god i say god help me to be the best person that i can be today or that's cute there yeah i mean that you 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 gotta do you be the best person that you can you know, everybody has problems, you know. Yeah. You no, know, why should you go up and throw your problems in there? You know, it's just right. like me saying, that's like me said a little fire in the backyard. Now I got enough wood on there. Now you coming in there, you want to throw some wood on there. And that was a big flame, huh? Yeah, you want some fire. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's about it, unless you have something else for me on that. The question I have for you, Dad, is many people on social media and around the world. They really wanted the Lakers to win after the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and another family in a plane crash. So do you think that the Lakers lived out the Kobe legacy by winning? Ooh, I, yes and no. I think that they lived out the Lakers legacy on winning because when I was coming up, that's all you heard about the Lakers and Boston Celtics. A lot of other teams you didn't hear about, but I'm glad for Kobe's wife and his daughter 
that they were able to get the victory and the championship. And, and it helped build up the morale inside in California with the Lakers uh, fan base and with, well, not just the Lakers, everybody all around the world, you know, that was a great thing. And then especially to win it in a bubble. Can you imagine being in a place for 90 days, can't go anywhere, got to focus on basketball, there's no place. I that mean, sounds they had like my fixed, life. <laughs> well, you know, but they had, it, they had it fixed up where they could fish, where they could play golf. That was right on the place. But uh, that bubble was tough. You know, people talking about putting an axe around it. But no, no, no. They won that championship fair and square. And we just wondering how they're going to do this year. So, mumbo on, mumbo on three. One, two, three. Mumbo. Uh, Get out there. <laughs> yeah. Another question I have for you, Dad, is about ESPN. So when you are not watching the NBA, if you're not watching baseball, because I know you are a Sox fan, you told me that runs in the family, so that automatically makes me a default Sox fan. So when you're not watching any games, Dad, who do you watch on ESPN? I know you watch a little bit of Shay Shay and Skip. Who else yeah, do you watch? I, watch. I like... I I like Undisputed with Shannon Shark and Skip Bayless. I like um, Jalen and Jacoby's show with Jalen and Jacoby. I, I like their show. I like uh, Get Up. I hope I'm, I'm saying it right. I think Get Up is um, I can't I can't recall the uh, the man that's in trouble, but I like to Get Up. I like it. And I, but I'm the type of person. I switch back and forth, back and forth to different things. You know, basically they're saying the same thing or giving their opinion about it. Right. So I like uh, my, my, I really like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. But then I love Shannon Sharp when he's talking good about the Lakers and about how good their team is. I don't like Shannon Sharp when he's talking about Brady. He's a bum. He's old. He needs to sit down somewhere. If y'all you know, don't know, Melvin Kelly, that's a Tom Brady fan. When I tell you he's got the fit lined up and he's moved over to his uh, new team as well. Am I right, Dad? Yeah, I have moved over from uh, New England <laughs> to Tampa Bay, but I still like uh, New England. But Yeah, because he's really, got the gear, y'all, really, so we're stuck. <laughs> yeah, I got the gear, but I really love uh, Brady. I like Brady. Now, this is now this is what I have fought with Skip Baylor about. Skip Baylor, he loves the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. and so me and Skip agree with that. But Skip doesn't give the Lakers any credit. So you have Skip uh, Bayless that doesn't like the Lakers, but he like New England. And then you have Shannon Sharp that likes the Lakers, but he hate New England. I agree with both of them until they start talking about my teams. And so, then you, you, you get a little hurt. You can't deal yeah, with it right. for a little bit. Huh? And then I'm going to just tell you, I've been so involved with sports. I have to stop watching at times because I get too caught up with it. I mean, people, I mean, you hear people say that, but I get too caught up in the games and I can't relax, especially when, when, when we, we just lost to my cousins down in New Orleans. They, the Saints beat the Tampa Bay 38 to 3. And I was just as miserable as Brady. When I'm so, telling you guys, he's not even wrong. If you could see my dad in action, 
during a football game, an NBA final game, you'll see him pacing around. I'm like, Dad, ain't the game on? Yeah, Cam, but I can't take it. We lose and we down. So I, I, I can tell. I can tell it really affects him personally. And I think it affects a lot of people who are fully involved in sports, Dad, and when they truly think about sports and they're truly in the game. Because as you said, that you were an athlete yourself. So when you're an athlete, sometimes you see yourself as the players and you can see them making these passes. You can see them getting injured. You feel like you're with them, don't you, sometimes? Oh, yeah. You feel like you're almost in the game. Oh, you know? Lord. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I look at the people that I've met around sports. I mean, actually, i never forget when I met Walter Payton. Uh, I was at work one day. I'm not saying where I work at, but I was at work and I was coming down the hallway and it was evening time. Everything was about to close down. Nobody in there. I seen this guy walking down the hallway and as he got closer to me, we got about 10 feet from each other. He walked up to me and shook my hand. Hi. Say, hi, how are you doing? I said, fine. Walter Payton. Oh. It was Walter Payton. And he was just <laughs> as nice as you would ever believe. I got a chance to meet in my job, I got, I got a chance to meet Walter. I seen this guy walking down, this other guy walking down the hallway. He was town, he was fixing his tie. I say, hey, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? He said, Lynn Swan, Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody know Lynn Swan, one of the best receivers in football. Then I go over to the I other don't, building. Y'all. <laughs> yes, you know. I go over to the other building and I meet Franco Harris. I met Patrick Ewan. I mean, I met, I just met so many athletes. It's just, it's just wonderful to have. I know some of them say they're not role models, but as young people come up, you look up to those guys. So I just hope they continue doing the right thing. So dad, you kind of mentioned earlier about your football career. So could you tell us a little bit about your basketball career and who you are specifically friends with in the NBA, who was a former NBA player? Okay. Well, to be honest with you, I, I played basketball and I didn't play football. Uh, the only reason I played football was because of my youngest, my younger brothers played football and they said, well, you can't play football. That's all you can do is play basketball. And that's all I knew from sun up to sundown, we played basketball. I, uh, I got a chance to play with Michael Harper. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We were paper boys together. Michael, I went to Robeson High School. Michael Harper went to Quigley. Uh, I went, when Michael went off to college, he stayed local. He went to North Park College. Michael Harper, they won three divisional championships. And he gets drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. So I got a chance to play against uh, Carl Nix. Me and Michael Harper got a chance. We were playing in a tournament, 71st and Calumet in Chicago. We played against Carl Nix. Now, Carl Nix was the point guard for Larry Bird uh, when, when they played in Indiana, when they played against Magic Johnson and lost the championship. So I got a chance to play against him. Also, I wanted to mention a few months ago, I had the opportunity to go to Kansas to the small college Hall of Fame induct, inductee. One of my friends, the one I was talking about earlier, Michael Harper, he was inducted in the small college Hall of Fame. He was inducted with World Be Free. They have a lot of great college players that came out of small college like Oakley, Charles Oakley. Just amazing. So. I was glad and had the opportunity that I had the opportunity to go down there. And also one of my classmates was uh, Daryl Sy. 
he played with me in grammar school. I played basketball in grammar school. And Daryl Sott played Dunbar High School. He was amazing. So I got an opportunity, not just that, to travel all over Chicago to play at the different parks where it wasn't bad. You would Kids could go outside. We could go to a neighborhood on the west side, north side, east side and play basketball without all this violence and wouldn't be scared and uh, just had a chance to be kids. So basketball has been wonderful. And that, I'm going to be honest with you, basketball players are the best athletes out here. If you can play basketball, you can almost play any sports because your agility and you up and down, move and stop and go. So that's what made me, I never ran, I ran fullback in my senior year. Never touched the football in my life far as running the ball. Scored 26 touchdowns. That was due to my athleticism, being able to, to jerk and to move. And all that come from basketball. And also, I wrestled. Then I played baseball. So, uh, I, Dang, I Dad, you were doing it all. I call yeah. myself an athlete when I play volleyball. <laughs> but, Cam, you have to look at that. In the public school where we went, most mm -hmm. kids play two or three sports, you know. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, the coach, if you was the offensive lineman at my high school uh, and you blocked or uh, you tackled, you had to wrestle. Wrestle, they believe that wrestle give you quick speed, hands and stuff like that. And then you, you're in contact with the person. It's just you and him out there. So it's no hiding. You know, some people on, on, on offense or defense, they can hide or play or something like this. But when you're wrestling, it's just you and him. So uh, I'm just glad that sports really helped me, kept me out of trouble. So I still got in a little trouble, but sports really helped me. So I thank God for that. Well, thank you, Dad, for telling me so much about your experience, about how you feel about the NBA, Dad. Do you have any final thoughts or final words you would like to tell my audience today? Yeah, I'd like to thank your audience for uh, letting me being able to express myself and uh, to come on to your, your podcast. And I hope that they get something out of this. And God bless you all. And God bless America. God bless America. Estados Unidos, as we say in Espanol. So, los Dios, I don't know how to say bless. Estados Unidos. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know what time of day you'll be hearing this podcast, but thank you, Dad. It was such an honor to have you on my podcast today. I think it's cool to go back to my roots and have conversations with you and still not understand half of these football terms. But it's such an honor to have you on, this, on here, Dad. Thank you. What do you mean, thank you? Uh, you can send a check to uh, 554-266-3900 South. <laughs> Once they once they run me my check, then maybe I can get you a cut out of it, okay? Um, yeah. But I, I hope that that I really uh, said something that can help the people, though, or where they can enjoy. And I hope that I I didn't embarrass you. So God oh, bless no. you. Thanks, Talk Dad. Love you. you so much. And uh, right. thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I don't know what time of day that you'll be hearing this, but I hope you have a good day, a good week, or a good month. Thank you for listening to my fourth podcast. Esto ha sido Platicas con Cameron Kelly. Hasta la vista, baby.